Hey, it's Tardy to the Party. Hopefully with better audio this week, because Bill and I are going to fill our pop culture holes with various pieces of media we missed the first time around. Uh-huh. Because once again, we were not alive. I'm sorry, Bill, for I was my pick this week. I was 29 years away from being born, 28 years away from being born when this movie Whoa. was released. 1946 is Notorious. I am so let down by this movie. So what? Uh, so what got you choosing this movie, and what had you heard about this movie before you chose it? Uh, what got me is like I like Dial M for Murder a whole lot, okay. so I kind of wanted to do another Alfred Hitchcock. Because yeah, with, I fucking that was loved the, only the Hitch- shit. I- that's the only Hitchcock we've done so far, right? Just Dial, dial- yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. And I love the shit out of Claude Rains, and I know they did a movie together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Claude Rains, Alfred Hitchcock could be good. Turns out it's boring <laughs> as fuck. It's not bad. It's just not a lot of happens in 90 minutes. Not a lot of happens. <laughs> not a lot of happens. It's <laughs> really, a lady goes down to Brazil, she marries a dude, she gets sick, and that dude's in deep shit. <laughs> that is the whole story of Notorious, really. And the, yeah, and the plot's boring, the romances aren't believable, it's just... Yeah. It's... It's not a classic. I'm sure it was a torrid love affair on on the screen, burning up the screens all over the place in 1946, but now watching it, it's just kind of like... I hope Claude Rains yeah. comes back, because he, he's kind of fun to watch, but Negron Bergman's yeah. kind of pretty, and Cary Grant, he's nice looking, but he's not being He sure funny. does have a chin. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I sure wish I was watching Arsenic and Old Lace right about now. Or pretty much any oh, movie. Oh, man, he is so much better in that. Oh. That's what I said! Oh, my God! Yeah. So... Yeah. Claude Rains. So it's notorious. It is it is notorious. Now we'll be, <laughs> it will be notorious for us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it starts off... Uh, what happened? I can't... I just watched what? it last night, and it's already kind of fallen out of my head. It starts with some German guy getting sentenced in a courtroom. Oh, that's right, yeah. And the judge is like, hey, yo, you want to say something before you get sentenced? And his attorney's like, nothing at this time, your honor. And he's like, fuck you, I got shit to say. Oh, you fuckers, you gotta get it next time. You think you got away with it this time. Yeah. Well, the Germans, we're gonna fuck you up. And his attorney's like, dude, shut up, we're gonna work on an appeal. This, like, oh, does right. he actually say anything like that? Yeah, well, he's like, you can't hear the attorney whisper, like, we're working on an appeal. Oh, uh, so is he, like, is um, is he threatening, is this a silly, like, veiled threat about the nuclear bombs that they're trying to build? I don't think so. I think it's just him saying, you may sentence me, but German, the Reich is gonna fucking... Oh, okay, just in off. a general issue. I thought, I, yeah, in retrospect, maybe watching that again. Okay, I wasn't quite sure if maybe he was, like... Saying, like, sure would be a shame if someone to drop a nuclear bomb on this courthouse the moment I get convicted, huh? Yeah, yeah but okay. But yeah. they sentenced him for tre- treason. Is treason. he actually they a Nazi, or is he an American who sympathized with the Nazis? Uh, the accents in this are very, like, subtle, and I think he's an actual German Nazi. Okay, an actual German national, actual Nazi. He's not just, he's not, he's not from Hoboken and got busted. Okay, yeah. because in, in a couple minutes, Bergman shows up, and she, there's this convoluted explanation as to why she's, she's supposed to be American, but she's obviously not American, because she does, you know, she doesn't sound like an American, but yeah. Yeah. Because okay. um, she walks out of the courtroom, Miss Huberman, Huberman, something like that. Yeah. And reporters are standing around. 
And they start asking her asshole questions like, Do you think your father got what he deserved? Could you say, oh, please, your father is going to jail for being a German w- worker? Yeah. Hey, is your dad such a shitbird? Are you stoked about the killing of the Jews? Man, Germans, am I right? I... Isn't she, like, super salty in the whole first half hour of this movie? Uh, you mean the first entirety of the movie? Well, but yeah, especially at the beginning where she's just constantly getting shit-faced. I think... Is she shit-faced in the court? (laughs) Like... Probably. Oh my god, I'm surprised she just doesn't have a moonshine distillery in the back of the court. She's just sucking straight from the tab while her dad's being sensed. But yeah. yeah. But then it's, it's, she goes home, some cops, like, tell us if she tries to leave town, but that's not really important. Nothing. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's a mood setting. It's and just stuff, yeah. dressing, yeah. Well, that's what uh, so much of this movie is. Like I said, like, the plot is so simple. Pretty much everything that's not what I said about the plot at the beginning of the movie is just kind of like window dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's nighttime, and she's having a party at her house, I guess. Yeah. A very white people party. She's having with- a party in one corner of her, the living room of her house. With people who in no way should be friends with Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> exactly. Like, fucking middle-aged, grubby-looking, yeah. hoity-toity, I don't like, know if Mr. This and Mrs. Be... Howell from uh, yeah. uh, Gilligan's Island. I don't know if she's, like, having a party with her dad's friends, and maybe her real friends, like, are waiting for the after-party, maybe they're gonna go out to the clubs after this or something, but yeah. yeah. Everybody's um, fucking drunk as shit. Yeah. And there's a, they only see the back of his head. There's a guy who, she's like, oh, I don't mind party crashes. And one of her drunk friends is like, he didn't crash this party. I brought him. And if you go back and rewatch it, it's really weird because, you know, you eventually find out it's Cary Grant. But if you go back and rewatch yeah. it with the knowledge, it's, it's Cary Grant. It's just Cary Grant not moving, breathing, or doing anything for the, like the five <laughs> minutes the scene happens, but directly in the yeah. foreground. And yeah. Does the camera, yeah. like, pivot around to show his face at the end of that scene or something? Um, no. I can't remember how they reveal it's actually Carrie, but eventually, yeah. You find well, out. everybody's saying they're, like, gonna go home, Ugh. but at, at, in the next scene, everybody just, like, passed out on couches and stuff. <laughs> um, Weird-ass party. Especially this yeah. weird party to have right after your dad's been sentenced by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody leaves the party, or passes out, whatever. It seemed like they left the party, but they didn't. Anyhow, then it's revealed it's Cary Grant shocking everybody in the theater. And they're drunk talking. Uh, she's slurring her words. She's obviously very tipsy. Yeah. Well, not tipsy. She's fucking plastered. Uh, yeah, she's pretty, like I said, pretty pickled for the whole first third of this movie. Yeah, they had some meaningless conversation. Blah, talk, blah, talk. Blah, yeah, blah. like, you know, it's just yeah. killing time. There's a until lot of conversation in this that I just. I tried to pay attention, but it was just... It's good it checking Twitter boring. conversation. That's that's really is. Yeah. Like, up oh, they're talking, but nothing's happening, so I'll just... I don't know. And she's like, it's too stuffy in here inside. Let's choose to have a picnic. She turns into and Nick Kroll. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And my car's outside. He's like, naturally. <laughs> I want to see that remake of this movie. <laughs> it would only have to be 20 minutes long, but it would be amazing. But yeah, Nick Kroll yeah. as Ingrid Bergman in Notorious. Oh, uh, but yeah. So she's like, want to go for a ride? Very much. So it's like, no, bitch, you're both drunk, because he's been drinking too. You don't go for a ride. Wait, blink, she's so drunk. Don't get the, in the car. I understand the appeal of a ride, but... 
And I thought they were driving like back to his house or something. It's even worse that the, like sh he lets her get into a car, driving the car just for a ride. There's not even any practical mm -hmm. value to this trip. Like maybe he only lives like a mile down the street and she's going to drop him off or anything. No, she just she's just begging to wrap herself around a, a palm tree for no reason whatsoever. But yeah. So, so they go outside to oh, get in her car and go for a ride. Movie. Yeah. And uh, he's like, don't you need a coat? And she says, y'all do. And then as they're walking outside, the wind starts blowing. And he says, wait a minute, let me put this on you. You might catch a cold. And he ties a bandana around her, her midriff because it's exposed. Oh. And I, I, I chuckled at that. I was like, oh, this movie might be good. I was wrong. <laughs> That's the last little bit of wit in the whole film. <laughs> That's the only funny part of the entire movie. Uh, I must have been checking Twitter because I don't even remember that. <laughs> I know she brings up the, the, the scarf becomes a thing later in the film, but I didn't even catch it. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. So they drive. She's swerving all over. Oh, they, they, it's, it's the great best, like, you know, of course, old timey rear projection set. Yeah. They're casting shadows on the screen behind them and shit. <laughs> Yeah. I can't see anything cuz of this stupid fog. That's your hair. <laughs> and it cuts to this great first person shot from her perspective. <laughs> well, I guess it's yeah. supposed to be her hair in front of her eyes, but it looks like an an octopus is having an epileptic fit on the windshield, windshield <laughs> of the car cuz it's just like this and then but then yeah, then, then fucking Carrie Grant's all She's like, like how fast am I go Yeah, how fast am I going? He's like 65 and she's but he's cool as a cucumber because he's ready to grab the steering wheel at a moment's notice. That will definitely save them from a horrific drunk crash. <laughs> See, like, I want to make it 80. On? Probably not. They're in this convertible car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Grabbing the steering wheel is not going to keep them both from being flung out of that well, car 30 feet into the air and land into an alligator pool. To, to be fair to them, People didn't die in car accidents very much back then. Yeah. There definitely wasn't any precedence for any huge movie stars getting in horrific drunk driving accidents. Are, are you making a joke? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 1946. James yeah. Dean isn't dead yet. Which, that, you know, that's the most popular, you know. Well, that and uh, Elizabeth Taylor's... Uh Ex-husband, husband, friend, uh, whatever he was. Well, gay also, friend. didn't What's-Her-Face uh, Grace Kelly get her head whacked off in Monaco? But that was still years after this, too. But, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, you can also argue it's 1946. The cars can't go fast enough to hurt anybody. But, yeah. Man, know. that's... A, 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 no. Because <laughs> going 65. Did you see the scene where they have to wind you're up right, the car? You're right, Bill. Giant, back right? in the 40s... <laughs> Back in the 40s, all cars were just foot-pedaled like the Flintstones. I like the idea of confusing 1940s with, like, 1870s. <laughs> like, you have no idea yeah. what technology was like before, like, 1990. Yeah. So oh, she's like, man. I'm gonna go 80s miles per hour and wipe that grin off your face. Yeah, she I don't just like gentlemen just being an asshole in this scene, yeah. Yeah. There's a POV of the hood of the car. It's bobbing and weaving all over the fucking place. Yeah. And a cop pulls up behind her. He's on a motorcycle. Uh, pulls her over. She's like drunk driving. That's second offense. Go to jail. Oh, valid jail. As a second time doing this, mm, girl. No, no, no. Yeah. 
that's that's not I, making her a likable character. I really do appreciate how much they make because you know this is a this is a postcode film. This is you know what nineteen was it not like the late thirties? They 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 or what, no, it was like the early mid thirties that they kicked yeah. in the Hayes Code where you really couldn't show people to be too drunk or be too belligerent and stuff like that. This is supposed to be the heroine of the film who seduces these yeah. two guys, and she's just a fucking train wreck. Like not in a yeah. fun kind of sexy way, but like. Jesus Christ, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah, appreciate yep. at least that aspect of the film. Cop walks up to the side of the car after they stop and is like, got the whole town to yourself, huh? And Cary Grant's like, just a moment, officer. He pulls out his wallet and hands it to him, and he's like, oh, sorry, sir, you didn't speak up. Sure you can handle it? I, I am love- sure. So the cop salutes him and So it's, it's Nick Kroll almost being arrested by Coach Z. Yeah, you got it there. <laughs> That's is, the new movie. This is, I'm appreciating this remake. Yeah. Yeah. So she's confused. There was no ticket. She yeah. says, like, that cop showed you something. What'd you tell him? What's your name? And he says that his name is Devlin. Uh, and she's like, he saluted you. Did he? I saw Why are you double-crossing buzzard? Get out of my car. And then she t- he tells her that he's driving home. She objects and is going to drive home herself. And they start fighting. This At some is the point, he... best it's, moment in the whole... This movie justifies its own existence with this one, <laughs> one bit right here. At some point, he karate chops her hand off the steering wheel. It's dumb. And then they start actually, like, wrestling. To the point that Carrie Grant yeah. punches the shit out of drunk Ingrid Bergman, <laughs> knocks her but out. But it's okay because he has his back covering the camera, so you can't see it happen. <laughs> I know, but it's just even the sound effects are kind of like a muffled thwack, and she just goes limp. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Which, to be fair, yeah. hey, what else is he going to do in this situation? He, she knows she's going to end up dead if she gets you know keeps on uh, driving that car. But that is, yeah, that is it. Only fifteen minutes in, and we've already seen the highlight of the film. Yeah, and she so he knocks her out, yeah. and then he climbs into the driver's seat, and she's nice enough to scoot over, even though she's knocked out. Very <laughs> considerate that? of her. Ingrid Bergman, even when she's knocked out, she know, you know, she's trying to be, a, you know, you know, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, deep, that just shows deep down inside she means well. Yeah, I'm not sure what he what Devlin was trying to accomplish or thought he was going to accomplish with this whole drunk driving gambit. Yeah. Really, the scene doesn't accomplish much. I guess it informs their characters that she's just a sloppy wreck because of her family's past. And I, well, I guess it is laying in the first notion that like he's not who he appears to be. But then he just explains in the I next guess. scene. That he's just like, hey, I'm working for the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, I guess, the morning... She wakes up uh, with a drink in her bed with a drink next to her, and he tells her to drink it. So she does. Blah. blah oh yeah, it's like a thing happens. of Alka Seltzer or something. Yeah, big glass. He's like, "What do you have? Feel any better?" And she's like, "Oh, why do you care, you <laughs> cop? What is this all about? Trying to frame me?" And he's like, "Got a job for you." And uh, there's only one job you would want me for. I'm the stool pigeon. And he tells her there's a job in Brazil. Uh, and that's about all he really tells her, I think. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know anything about the job. She doesn't get told anything about the job, except it's Brazil and Nazis. Mm-hmm. Because it's some guy she used to know, uh, Alex uh, Sebastian. Wait, did they, did they even know that yet? What, that, that w- which part? Later. 
the that Sebastian's involved. I no. can't remember because you think that's just enough of a no. That doesn't. That, that's not yet because yeah, that's not yet. Have they even mentioned specifically that it's Nazis? I think so. Maybe because I mean because they, 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 they do say the whole reason that they've recruited her is because of her father's contacts with these guys. Yeah, and I can't. Yeah, I can't remember at which point in the film it's specifically revealed that one of these guys is Claude Rains, which. It's, there, it's not yet. It's not like he was her, uh, her father's best friend or anything like that, but I don't know. So, uh... But I guess he had been crushing on her back in the day? Yeah, we'll get there. Enough that they know that, like, yet. yeah, like, enough enough that they can plan out the whole horse club thing later, which is kind of weird just to yeah. for her to be able to say, yeah, my dad's fr- friend wanted to fuck me real bad, so if, you, if we want to get in good with these guys all i have to do is show up and get some titty cleavage out we can fuck wreck these guys one fucking day but yeah so he tells her about the job and she's like why should i help and he's like to make up for your father it's like that's pretty sleazy that's yeah no and you already tell she's a mess about this situation yeah that's mm, yeah so she's like like, or patriotism and she's like fuck your patriotism your patriotism bullshit that word don't mean shit to me so he plays he her some her tapes, right? The, Isn't he all like, but we have yeah, tapes Yeah, he tells yeah. her they've had the place bugged for six months and pulls out a record of two people talking uh, evidence that wasn't used in the court case, even because they didn't need to use it. And I, I don't know why, but him pulling out a record uh, to play like a recorded conversation they had, just, I know it's what they had back then. That's but some extra old-timey weird. shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like a shellac record, not just like, because, you know, they, they had some tape recording and stuff back then, but that seems yeah. very un-FBI-like, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, and to destroy the evidence after he just breaks it over his knee. Well, <laughs> I mean, did they have, like, a recording record player that could only record, like, ten minutes at a time under a desk in the room? I don't know. I mean, they you can imagine it's gotta be a radio thing that's transmitting to another location that, that is then recording mm. it, but, yeah, it brings up a couple weird questions about, like, hey, is that how that shit really works? But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, it's a Who recording knows? of her and her father having an argument about how she she fucking loves this country and she'll see all of them hang before she raises a finger against it. Fucking love America. Oh, fucking America. She's drunk and enough. She, I could see her doing that too. <laughs> and then she's like, that doesn't prove much. I didn't turn him in. Says, we didn't expect you to. Now what do you say? And I'm a, unclear. Can you tell me why this recording would make her change her mind about helping them? Uh, it's, again, it's just, it's nothing that affects the plot. It's just kind of just utterances and happenings that happen just because you need something to to, to make the movie 90 minutes long. Um, yeah, like, it's, like, show, like, look, you are, pa- you are patriotic. Okay, I guess I'll help you then. I don't get yeah, why, I, why it would change your mind. Because even again, just reading up the synopsis after the movie was over, just to mm-hmm. make sure I didn't miss any glaring plot holes, because I had a couple questions about the plot and the, about this movie when it was done. And yeah, even then the synopsis and going back and rewatching a couple bits, it was like, yeah, no, just there's some turns in this movie where things just kind of happen because they need to happen, but it's not really explicitly. I hate to, I hate to complain about that kind of stuff because it makes because everyone complains so much about how movies these days have to talk down to the audience and over-explain basic plot points. But this is one of those things where I don't think it's just... It's, 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 it's not the movie being super sophisticated and plot points flying over our heads. I think it's just very kind of like... Just kind of cloudy writing. 
Yeah. Yeah, this movie is so much about the characters and characterizations, not so much about the plot. And so sometimes the plot just kind of goes, ah, just don't worry, just, just, just roll with us. Just, yeah, just pretend that makes sense. We'll just, they'll get us to the next scene. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So. We're trying uh, to get to the fireworks factory. It's the tiniest yeah. fireworks factory. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, ah, whatever. I don't want anything to do with you guys shoving me into a shooting gallery for I just, I just want to have fun and laugh and all that good shit. Get the fuck out of here. But then the old dude from the previous night who was like way too old to be at her party, he comes up and is like, Hey, the fucking boat is ready to party. Are you ready to party? We're ready to party. Get the party. What, what? You're a doll. And he leaves. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I was just laughing paying attention. It's not like I was just fucking playing <laughs> fucking He, like, uh, pokes his head in the door and is like, hey, we're waiting for you on the boat. Did you forget to pack? Oh, you better what? pack, girl. Get ready real quick, because we're waiting on you. Boat. Down at the pier. Huh. Because then <laughs> she just end up at the FBI in the next scene anyway? Like, I don't understand why. Well, yeah, because uh, then he's like, hey, well, after that guy leaves, Carrie Grant's like, well, what about it? The plane leaves tomorrow morning. And she's like, fine, but you tell the old the old fat guy that I'm not going to be on the boat. And I, that's where <laughs> I'm like, why did she agree all of a sudden? Nothing seemed like a very good argument as to why she's willing to put her neck on the line. Mm-hmm, or did yeah. I just miss it? And I didn't. You I, you might have, because you didn't even realize the old fat guy showed up. I think she's just hungover and tired, and she just wants to agree to anything that'll end the conversation, so she should just go back to bed. <laughs> that's Wait. really, like, I, yeah. Did I miss... Oh, did I miss... Hitchcock cameo? No. Did you did you know do you know what it was? No, I'm asking because I don't remember. I don't remember ever seeing him. Uh he's in one of the horse suits in the bi- middle of the film. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that really explains why that horse was horse so fucking goes, fat. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I've got it marked down. Actually, I had to go back and. Uh, uh, rewatch it because I didn't notice it when I on at first. Well, I was I, it was actually one of the scenes where I was actually looking at this at this TV and I still missed it. Yeah, okay. So yeah, spoilers. So, uh, it's at a party scene. Uh yeah. So uh, now they're on a plane flying to uh, Brazil. They're on a little toy and plane. Yeah. No, I yeah, that maybe actually Bur- be stock footage. Some of the footage Probably. looking out the window does is a little weird. Like some of it's like flying in reverse and shit. Yeah. yeah. Cary Grant's talking to some guy. Turns out to be both of their bosses. I don't. I don't know the fucker's name. I all of my notes. I just call him Devlin's boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's more than I just. I just called out. I, like I, my notes. It's just Claude Rains, Cary Grant, and Bergman. I didn't even make a note of their actual character names, much less anyone else's. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it, he's he's both of their bosses for this thing. And he heard some news about her father, and she's like, "What about my father?" And he's like, "He died this morning." She's like, oh, how? And he tells her it was a poison capsule, and he did it to himself in his cell. It's like, how long has he been in jail that he's just been walking around with a poison capsule? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sure at least a couple days. He's, uh, yeah, and I don't know. Maybe old times were different, but I feel like he would have been in prison during his trial, but I don't know. Yeah, I make a note of this later. It's a, one of my notes, actually, after the movie was over, about how, man, if you try to think about... If you try to think out the interior logic of this film, there's a lot of shit in this film that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, you yeah. really just have to kind of roll with it. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, like I said, this is more of a character and tone piece. It's not trying to be, like, a hard-boiled, hard-edged, logical spy thriller. But yeah. it, that's why it's so kind of like a light and fluffy disappointment, because it doesn't really stick to its own internal logic. It's mostly just an excuse for uh, Cary Grant, Edgar Berman, and Claude Rains to kind of stare and glower at each other while uh, sporting boners. And that's yeah. kind of it. That's the only real point of this movie. Which, yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with her. that, but yeah. Yeah, she's kind of sad about her dad. She yeah, she, yeah she's just kind of vaguely now that like, he's dead, yeah. Now that he's dead, she remembers the good times. Bloody, bloody, blah. That's that scene is over, and nothing ever comes of it. I remember the time my dad fought the Inglorious Bastards and won. Yeah, mm-hmm. they land in Rio. Uh, they're eating at her. Her and Devlin are eating lunch. Uh, she tells him to see about the embassy getting her maid because she doesn't mind cleaning but she don't want to cook and nothing ever comes of that because she winds up cooking later and and she talks about how she's been sober for eight days but that's not true at all because the plane leaves tomorrow he said and she was drunk the night before uh-huh so well she hasn't drink she has not drank she has not drunk any paint thinner any formaldehyde uh-huh. She hasn't gotten yeah. into the nasty stuff she has to get into when the actual booze is out. <laughs> so, for what she considers to be officially drunk these days, her definition of drunk, is a little bit shifted from what everyone else's base level of what quote-unquote drunk means, but yeah. Yeah. Um, if she doesn't need her stomach pumped, she wasn't drunk. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the hospital, so that's not really drunk. I was just tired. So, uh... There's the, the uh, this scene goes on for quite a while. Them quipping back and forth. Hey, at quipping, each other. yeah, quip, 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 quip. Why won't you let me have any fun? Let me have fun. And I can tell every time you look at me, you're thinking, once a tramp, always a tramp. Go on, hold my hand. Don't be scared. And which he responds with, "I'm always scared of women, but I get over it." Oh no, women are so scary. No, Cary Grant, it's so scary. Does he say that in a big mocking tone? <laughs> no, he says it in the same. Tone that Cary Grant has in this entire movie. His inflection in this movie never changes. He's such a boring I, character. I almost have to wonder if Cary Grant was bored by this, because he really, every scene, it's the kind of same slightly arched eyebrow and kind of like a little little interested in, the, in everything that's going on, but not. he doesn't seem to have any real skin in the game emotionally. Yeah. He's just kind of like there, just to like... Yeah, you almost it almost feels like they had someone else picked for this role that fell through at the last minute. And so he just kind of mm-hmm. came in as a favorite of Hitchcock. I know that's not what happened, but just his yeah. performance. It's not a, not a terrible performance, but just like everything else in this movie, just kind of flat and uninteresting. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's he's a good actor. He's he great. Could. He's he and old funny. Yeah. Is Cary Grant, but, is he the one who gets uh, run over by the crop duster? In, uh, North, in by North by Northwest? Yeah. Yeah. Because we might have to tackle I've, that someday, but man. Yeah, I've never seen it. Just because that seems to be the big Hitchcock film, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If, if, if that, this does not bode well for that, though, because. Uh, I mean, this yeah. is one of the reasons why I've never liked Hitchcock movies. Even as, I mean, granted, as a kid, you're not going to be into these kind of adult kind of movies, but even as an older person, I've gone back and tried to rewatch some Hitchcock stuff, and it's always just mostly just kind of like sophisticated but not very interesting couples just kind of snarking at each other but like without there being really any kind of a points and yeah i don't get people's fascination with hitchcock yeah anyway 
monkey pants. I don't know. Dial in for murder was awesome, and that's I the only other cool. movie I have to compare this to. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's not like we've never talked about a Hitchcock film before, but yeah, I mean, you could also say this. This is like a good twelve years before Dial in for murder, but still, I don't know. Yeah. So she's like, "Hey, you just scared your fall in love with me." He's like, "That wouldn't be hard." And their sarcastic conversation goes back and forth for a while. She'll have a drink, make it a double. And I like that he, like, orders from her. And I'm sure the waiter could understand double martini because he just says double martini. It's, this, it's, is, he, <laughs> is he saying that intentionally? Is he just trying to be like, is that like a dad joke? Yeah, he's, he's like martini double. <laughs> You know, they did say Cary Grant, when he was uh, 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 stumping for this film on the promotional circuit, he would call it not our IRS instead of Notorious because yeah. he's just mm-hmm. bored and he's like, here's a funny joke. <laughs> Write this up in your fucking oh. paper at the fucking Tuscaloosa <laughs> and, fucking Gazette. And then he spit on the ground. Yeah. Here's a funny joke for you, asshole. So. Oh, God. They go for a walk. Then they're on top of a hill overlooking all of Brazil. They spit at each other angry words, and then they kiss, and now they're in love. Yeah, I thought how deeply they're suddenly in love was really fucking abrupt. Uh, is this yet the scene where they go first step foot in their hotel room, and they essentially face fuck for three minutes? Yes. Yes, it is. Because, well, yeah. Um, that's... That's probably the one of the other big things in this movie. Just even looking up uh, this movie's reputation, uh, this is one of the landmark bits of this film. Is yeah, not face fucking. Isn't that you got your 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 head duct taped to a wall and someone's sticking their dick in your mouth? It's face fucking where both people are essentially doing tribalism against each other's faces with their mouths for a long. Yeah. It's actually one of the more naturalistic makeout scenes I've seen in a movie in this vintage. Where but the camera is so close, it makes me uncomfortable. It goes on for a while too, because yeah, they're both. I thought it was actually interesting because this is something I've seen in real life, where like they're, they're they're standing at the balcony and they walk back in, and she can't even bear to like let go of him, even as she, as he's walking, she's like somehow clinging. She must be on roller skates because she's just still clinging to him. And they turn around, and they, yeah, they start making out, and they're. <laughs> Having Bill. conversations as they're kissing, but breathlessly, just kind of like, I love pants. Mwah. I love pants more more than you do. Mwah. No. Even the monkey pants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you say you, you've seen that in real life, and that reminds me. Was that court case dropped? Were the charges dropped on that? <laughs> Why? Because the lady would refuse to physically stop clinging to a strange man. <laughs> no, because you were watching from the bushes and it got caught. Oh, that's true. I get that. Like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> And I kept that saying, do it, do it, do it. Well, banging my dick against a rock in the bushes, but I did it too loudly and I got busted. I didn't get to see what yeah. happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, I guess this was... Hitchcock wanted them to make out... He wanted just to show the potency of their love for each other. Uh, despite the fact that they've literally only known each other for 48 hours, he wanted them to have this big, like, three-minute makeout scene... Was it unfortunately the Hayes Code dictated that you can never show a kiss that was more than three seconds in length? Yeah. And so that's why they're constantly like, like, he, I guess he was off camera within both, somehow within both of their eye lines, 
pounding he was off just holding each kiss. up two dolls and he was holding up two dolls and made them kiss and then <laughs> pulled like them this. away um, and put them together and pull them away. Rubbing the dolls together. It's like no, when the dolls are connected, kiss. that's when you kiss. Look, yeah. look at what I'm doing with the dolls. Now look. I want I want you to have an erotic mouth combat like these dolls. Grace and <laughs> make your nose graze his cheek. There's a lot, you know what? There's a surprising amount of nuzzling in this film. Yeah. Holy shit, that should be the other N word title for this movie. Because there's <laughs> lots of her just like trying to like shove his stubble back into his face with the side of her face and kind of yeah. like doing that thing where two people's profiles kind of kind of jigsaw together a little bit while they're kissing, but then they don't kiss mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like. Eskimo kissing, but it's the whole face rubbing against the other yeah. face. Yeah, and that's yeah. It is not erotic. It is. I think it's. I think it is ambitiously interesting for its time. But yeah, for its time, it might have been sexy. But now I'm just like, this is weird. And it's again, it's especially weird because she's drunk. Well, I don't know if she's she's not drunk in the scene, but she's obviously a fucking mess. They've only known each other for literally two days. And it's not quite the, I'm not, I'm a fat, dopey white guy watching this almost a century after it was made. This was not necessarily intended for me and my psychological profile, but even me, I'm like, I could see how people could have gotten swept by, swept away by this by 1946, but I'm just kind of like, eh, it's, it's more cute than it is passionate to me. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, they're not a believable couple to me. No, that's, there's yeah. No- uh, you know, aside from, like, nuzzling constantly and whatnot, I just don't feel like there's any chemistry between them. Yeah, which is weird, because you think Cary Grant and Edward Bergman, that'd be a pretty good couple. But, well, the fact that he's so disinterested and she's such a mess, not mm-hmm. even even the actors aside, but the characters that they're playing, are it's just like, it's such a weirdly lopsided relationship where, yeah, it's it, it's not playing to those actors or at least their personalities' strengths. Where if, if yeah. he was being kind of, like, more, like, zippy and energetic and she was being more dashing and kind of charming and stuff oh i could see this being a more obviously romantic relationship but nah, as it is in the film it's just kind of like ah, whatever yeah. kiss <laughs> get it over with yeah. yeah and and so they finally get Devin goes and sees his boss um oh and and like this is all taken half an hour and for the first half an hour of a spy thriller it's not very exciting Mm-hmm. Well, and I actually, didn't even for the, realize for the, until looking up the notes after this that anyone would consider this a spy thriller. This is not yeah. a spy thriller. No, this is just like a romantic, like kind of half baked romance movie with some spy shit at the fringes. It's not like anyone's yeah. really spying. I mean, I guess she's technically spying, but all she really does is like steal a key and then get busted and then get sick. It's not like this yep. is not like some Jason Bourne, James Bond shit. Um, no, nope. but yeah. So while she's all nuzzling on him and you know, smoochy smooching his neck and stuff, and they basically, you know what they are? You know what they're acting like? Like cats, like cats who just catnipped each other, and they're just like. Have you ever been around a female cat when it's in heat? Yeah, they rub on fucking everything. Everything. I that's what I think that's what Alfred Hitchcock told them to be. Look at those kitties over there. Your you glands see how they rub on each other. The glands are swollen. Rub them together. <laughs> so yeah. One yeah. little bit of a sex scene. I mean, this is what you get when you can't show a sex scene, or even a yeah. suggestion that two married people might be well, and they're not married, but like, yeah. 
you, two consenting uh, adults. Oh god, I just imagine how much more interesting these movies could be if they could just come out and actually have people kiss and fuck like human beings. If there could be tits, if there could be some titties. Was a, yeah. We need to watch an old timey movie with some titties. We gotta go. How do we find something like that? Because it's not like they're like easy to find bootlegs. We'll have to go either pre code or like, man, yeah. did they have like underground movies? Like, like I'm sure, like in other nations, well, obviously, any like anyone outside of Hollywood could still be making movies without titties in them. But fuck, yeah. trying to find like yeah, fuck. like a, a a war era vintage movie with. Man, yeah, just even tits, not even like hmm, that's a good question. What the fuck? What if they got something like that someday? <laughs> There's a the oh, what's her name? Not Marilyn Monroe, but the other blonde, uh James Mansfield showed her boobs in some movie, I'm pretty sure. Like actual like you like nipples and everything? Yeah, before the code. Huh. Oh, wow, think. okay. You know she's but the anyway. mom of uh Sex in the City, not Sex in the City. Law and Order. The lady okay. from Law and Order SVU, that's her mommy. Which actually, if you look, if you like look at a picture of James Mansfield after watching an episode of SVU, you're like, oh shit. Oh shit. Just, any, but anyway, back to Notorious. Yeah, but anyway, he calls the hotel to see if any messages, and there's a message from his boss saying he wants to see him right away. So he goes and sees his boss. And, uh, but now, since he's in love with her, he's like, I don't think she'll do the job, because they want her to go and infiltrate this Nazi that used to be in love with her and... Yeah, I don't know if this is the first Alex time... Sebastian. Yeah. But he's like, no! He doesn't say it, but his emotions are like, oh, no, I want to bang her so hard. I, 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 she can't do it. I don't think she'll do it. Is this the first time he's hearing about what their specific plot is? Yeah. Which I guess... know what the job was. I mean, yeah, because th- that explains why he would throw himself so fully at Ingrid Berman, because if he had any idea that as, 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 this is what the technical details of what their mission for Ingrid Berman is supposed to be, he wouldn't have gotten invested in, in Bergman, but... Still, I don't know, he's kind of an idiot. But why... Yeah, he is... Th- but then again, he should have been able to suspect something like this might happen, because yeah. there's only one reason why they would be bringing down a girl like this. Ah, it's... Yeah. But he does get all fucked up about this, really, like, uh, come on, Cary Grant, be a little professional here, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. and he also uh, brought, he's, when, when he left her at her hotel, he's like, I'll bring some champagne back. And instead of leaving it in his car, he takes it into his boss's office and leaves it on his desk, and the camera, like, zooms in on the his forgotten champagne. Oh! Like, but... I thought there was going to be something involving that, and well, it never came up again. I again, I must have been checking Twitter when that happened, but I did notice like the scene afterwards where he goes back to the apartment and tells her what she's going to have to do for this mission. Uh, there is a yeah, nice moment like, where um, they they realize they've gotten so wrapped up in this that they've actually let their their fancy romantic via dinner get cold on the balcony, and then yeah, he's like, "Oh, I I don't know what I did with the champagne." And I yeah, didn't realize that's the, what they're referencing. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. Nothing happens with it. No, it's just filler. The the whole there's the drinking motif. The drinking thing is definitely a motif in this film because between her being a lush in the first third, the stuff with the champagne in the middle, and of course like the oh the champagne and the wine room and everything becomes you know becomes the whole MacGuffin at the end of the movie too. Like I mm-hmm. guess it's them trying to. It's it's just it's a Hitchcock just making vague motion vague motions at trying to turn the whole drinking 
into a theme in this movie, even though it's not explicitly like what he's trying to say or anything like that. But it, he's just it's just a motif he's just trying to keep in play. And I yeah. plot wise, again, it's doesn't make any sense, but it's just from an aesthetic perspective, it's just kind of like a just I don't know. I can see what it, why yeah. you put that there, even though mm. it doesn't mean anything, but. It's also foretelling well, the 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 importance of champagne in just a couple scenes. It's going to become a bigger thing and imbibing and I guess. Um, so. I well, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm sure people have written huge essays about what the symbolism of champagne and drinking and and ingesting mm. stuff like that in this movie actually means. But I don't know. Yeah. So now blah, blah, he goes blah. to see her to tell her about the job. He's acting all cold and distant. And, yeah, he's just and been a real like, fucking butthole to her for no reason. Yeah, she's like, well, you're going to tell me that you probably got a wife and two kids, and I'm going to tell you that this madness between us can't go on any longer. And he's like, but you've heard that lying often enough. And it's like, why is everybody such an asshole to her? What's well, she no, doing? Like, there's a lot of stuff where he kind of suggests that like, she's a prostitute or something like that, or she's a whore, I don't know, yeah. just kind of like, man... You've known this lady for like okay, maybe not. It's no longer forty eight hours. It's like fifty three hours. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, calm so, your fucking tits a little bit, Carrie Grants. Yeah, yeah. He tells her uh, about the job. She got to get in with Alex Sebastian. They're both pretty bummed about this thing because they're super horny for each other. But yeah. now I guess they want her to fuck around and sleep with this Alex guy. They I, just at kiss least again that's the vibe crying. that they're giving off. Yeah. Uh, she's like, did you tell them I wasn't that kind of girl or stand up for me at all or any of that kind of shit? And he's like, I thought it was, I figured it was your choice. I left it up to you. Isn't that what women want to be fucking to their own bosses? And he's like, are you going to take the job? And she's like, do you want me to? And he's like, are you going to take it? Simulating <sighs> conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's at this point in the film the film could really use an explosion yeah yeah um, um and this is so this is also uh is it all one scene or is this like where they're outside watching something too because there is the scene where they're like outdoors yeah, this is the chicken dinner like she was making a chicken dinner and they put it outside and it got cold and all that gobbledy oh okay I don't remember exactly what happens. I think they're looking out over the the beautiful scenic. Because I remember, uh, yeah, there's one specific change that I'm drop. thinking of of where he's talking about like I don't tell women what to do, and like she's she's essentially saying like what do I do, and he's like I don't know women, yeah. and it's like okay, <laughs> great, yeah. fantastic relationship we're tracking here. Yeah, but yeah, she starts drinking alcohol and is like, all right, when do I start? <laughs> I found and- the ship. Hey. Hey, she turns into Barney Gumble. Oh no! <laughs> I, would, I would love when fucking Claude Rains probably proposes to her. She just goes, "Oh no! <laughs> oh no! You want a bad night? <laughs> Try sleeping on one of these." <laughs> I, yeah, okay, so maybe she's got a Jekyll and Hyde thing where she's only kind of drunk, she turns, she's Nick Kroll, but when she gets really in deep, she turns into fucking Barney Gumble. There we go. Oh, man, anyway, yeah. So the next day, they're driving in a car to the place she's going to meet Alex. It's a horsey riding place. Yeah. Where I guess he goes, like, every Monday or some shit. What is know. that called? Is that, like, a it, horse club? Re- 
Uh, it's something like that. It's it's where <laughs> rich people go to rent out horses to ride in a circle. And people, it is so fun. People talk about how golf clubs or uh, yeah, golf golf places are, are like the most ostentatious showing of wealth. But I think horse riding clubs must be because yeah. you don't even need the horses. At least golf clubs. At least golf places. Golf courses. There's some kind of greenery and it kind of looks pretty. The whole point, you're just enslaving these horses. We don't need horses anymore. You're just riding like, are you just pretending it's like like 1892? Like what? Anyway, yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of horse riding coming up. Yeah. Uh, so he's with her because yeah. why wouldn't you send an agent with a spy into the field? The... I, it is kind of like, I mean, granted, it's, it's I weird. wouldn't expect her to do this completely all by herself, but it is a little bit like if James Bond went in the field and M was handing out right next to him, telling him everything to do. Yeah. So she's like, all right. Uh, oh, it, and he's like, in case you're asked, I'm with Pan American Airways. And she's like, your name's still Devlin? And he's like, yeah, public relations office. Anything I, else? No, except we met on the plane coming from Miami. Yeah. So. This way, she still knows him, and uh, he can do the—he can do the actual spine that she can't do because she probably the writer was like, "She's a woman; she wouldn't know what to do." Yeah, I and I do like their story is pretty much what their story is, except just when she says the word FBI, just say Pan Am instead. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. I do like they do fly down there on a Pan Am airplane, which always still kind of cracks me up because that is an a now defunct. That's just a very vintage period specific thing. I always think of because yeah, Pan Am yeah. did not last much so, longer than I was alive when I was a little kid. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think so of adventure riding. movies. I think of Whoa. Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones flew Pan Am. Pan Am was a mm-hmm. Blade Runner. It's a very specific thing of its time. Anyway, shut up, Bill. Horses. Now, now they're riding horses. She sees Alex riding his horse. It pimp Mac Daddy Claude Rains. Fucking please save this movie, Claude. It's so dry and boring right now. Please, horribly, horribly dry. With your pithiness, do something. Yeah. Oh, and it's Claude so sad because he's on the tiniest horse because they had to keep this horses of scale because he's such a tiny man that they just put him <laughs> on like a child sized miniature pony, but they put him close he's to the only- camera so he looks like he's still proportioned to everyone else. He's only three inches shorter than Ingrid Bergman and had to stand on apple crates. Yeah, and I did see that. Oh, I think he's seven inches shorter than uh, Cary Grant, which they said make, filming the end scene where, where both uh, Claude Rains and Cary Grant are carrying What's-Her-Face down a bunch of steps. Hellaciously difficult, because mm. you have two actors, one of which needs to be on like elevator shoes and apple crates, walking down the stairs trying to carry a, like, a pretend to knock that lady. It's a whole thing, but yeah. Anyway, Claude Rains. He was he that made- generation's Tom Cruise. Hello. <sighs> I wish. We Oh, they just announced the official plans for the uh universal the new universal uh monster cinematic universe with Tom mm-hmm. Cruise at its center. And if they could just re- bring back Tom Cruise and re- uh, bring back uh, Claude Rains and swap him out for Tom Cruise maybe I would actually be interested in that bullshit again, but yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. So they ri- they ride past uh Sebastian. Not sure if he remembers her. Well, she has this fucking floppy ass hat on that covers up two thirds covers... of her face, and then she yeah. gets all silky about like I'm the girl that no one remembers, and like even Cary Grant's like, "What are you doing?" And then he like kicks her, kicks her foot, which accidentally yep. uh, 
uh, causes the horse to, not, I mean, it doesn't intentionally, but it forces her foot to kind of, like, dig into the side of the horse and think that, like, she's commanding the horse to run forward. So the, uh, her horse jolts forward, and Claude Rains, being the dashing motherfucker he is, he runs off to help her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, uh, Devlin watches from afar, uh, sees them shake hands, and the scene ends. Is! And then... And then there's a three-second shot of Devlin sitting at a restaurant table all alone, and then it, that scene's over. <laughs> well, I guess they're okay. showing now that, like, his loneliness, now that she, now that Ingrid Bergman has committed to her role in this whole thing, that now he is unfortunately alone, and so he's kind of stuck with his own thoughts, I guess. Mm. I don't know. So now she's at a fancy fucking restaurant. Claude Rain shows up to join her. He flirts with her a bit, but back and forth. Oh, you fucking hot girl. Uh, he asks her if she wants a drink, and she's like, "Duh!" And he orders for them. She's already got a whole punch bowl full of gin that she's just yeah. drinking and burping from. Um, <laughs> man, am I crazy? And- I could have sworn it seems like Claude Rains is like wearing false teeth. Or is like trying to affect some kind of weird Germanic accent in the scene because he's talking kind of like outside of the. He's 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 got the sideways slurred kind of talking way of talking in the scene with Ingrid Bergman that he doesn't have for the rest of the film, or I maybe he doesn't, and I just thought he did for some reason? I'm not sure, I didn't notice. Okay, that is maybe, cr- I don't know. Okay, I'm glad to see, okay, okay. Because he's like so moving his sees- mouth in a weird way. It kind of freaked me out. I'm not sure. So, she sees Devlin and her boss at the restaurant, and has no fucking poker face whatsoever. <laughs> She's like, yeah. when she sees him sitting at a different table. And Claude Rains, of course, notices this and is like, you know him? And she's like, no, but he seems familiar. And he's like, he's some dude in intelligence. He's an intelligence man from the USA Embassy. It fucking uh, area's fucking full of him. Oh, Quite that's handsome, right. Isn't he? Really? Yeah. He's not. And that's when he's, he- he's, he's all like, oh, I know about your father. Do you have, have these guys been going after you this whole time you've been down in Rio? And she's like, oh, not yet. These guys are just clowns. She's just playing it off like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, they, yeah they're not fucking with me, but I know how to, how to throw them off yeah, the trail if they come after me. She bro, says bro, bro. that she's allergic to American agents. Their yeah. fine points don't appeal to me. Uh, and then Claude Rain starts being like, fuck, you're hot as shit, girl. Oh, fuck. Check out that booty. I Why mean, you gonna be so hot? Fuck. But I'm making a fool of myself. You probably got a man like He does spend guy, the huh? entire this entire scene not once looking at her in the eyes and just looking at her chest the whole time. <laughs> in a very unclawed rains kind of way. Yeah. Which is actually not like, that difficult considering he is in a child's high chair. With his eyes just barely cresting over the top of the got table. Got the booster seat. Those weird brown chunky booster I, seats. I felt bad because like they literally have to come in and wheel in the the, the, the child's chair, and the maitre d' has to lift him up and put him in the chair and put like a phone book under his butt, mm-hmm. and then they have the conversation. <laughs> but then he picked up his fork and knife and said, "I'm a big boy." And they brought out the free uh, free birthday ice cream, and he put on a paper pirate hat. Mm-hmm. A lot of deleted scenes in this film that didn't make it into the yeah the finished cut. He said, but, yeah. if I eat it all, I get it for free. <laughs> oh my god! I, I just picture him dressed like a little kid's Donald Duck sailor suit from the era, just <laughs> <laughs> fucking looking Buster oh, Brown looking motherfucker. Anyway, anyway. Oh, uh, anyway, if we yeah. cared more about this podcast, one of us would draw it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we got shit but to do. We do. Considering uh, we're taking it, like, every podcast, like, yeah, we got 90, uh, we already killed off an hour talking about the first third of this movie, but yeah. Yeah. 
So he's like, oh, you like that Devlin guy? And she's like, nah, I met him on the plane. And I was so lonely, I would have gone horseback riding with Peter Rabbit. Yes, Peter Rabbit, well known for being most ladies' last choice <laughs> yeah, as a horseback some... riding partner. That's one of the things, the dialogue, <laughs> despite the fact that this movie's such a character piece and kind of like a romantic flick, the dialogue, there's some strange illusions at the beginning, unless maybe there's something we're missing because we're not like living in 1946. It's just kind of like, that's sure a thing you could say if you're just killing screen time, but it doesn't really make any sense. It's not like sparkling. Yeah. It's The do- dialogue is not drawing you in and interesting you. It's just, okay, that's... That's a thing you could say. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, hey, you want to hang out tomorrow night? My mom's got a sweet-ass dinner party we could hit up. Does he say he's actually? Like, does he actually bring up his mom? Uh, yeah, he says my mother's throwing a dinner party or some shit. <laughs> Which, that is the last thing. No wonder this guy can't get laid. <laughs> oh, my God. Would you God. like to come over tomorrow? Mother is having some friends over. <laughs> Which, yeah, fucking hot, hot time in the cold town tonight, man. I'm in. That sounds like a... <laughs> You know how to show the ladies, holy shit. At this rate, I wonder if it's his mom that he was horseback riding with in the previous scene, too, because I can't imagine what other woman he would be even relate, like, fucking hanging out with, but, yeah. So she's like, your mom wouldn't mind an extra guest, and he says, an old friend is never an extra guest. So they order some food, and as they do, her face is just like, oh, no, it's all happening. She's not cut out to be a spy. No! was right. She's not cut out for the job, because she can't act where there's shit. I mean, in Simpsons parlance, this is a budding romance between Barney Gumble and fucking uh, uh, Principal Skinner, in terms of their personalities. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is... And she's got no chill, and yeah. Yeah, so the next day, she's ready to go to the dinner party. She's at her hotel. Devlin's boss got her a necklace. He's like, I rented this! And puts it on her. Uh, but Devlin, well, she he's she takes it from him and kind of wants Devlin to put it on her, but he's being a distant douche. Yeah, he's still just asshole being... about the whole thing. He... It's like the fu- it's their fucking job. You hired her for it, you asshole. He has especially spent more time being a butthole about the relationship than the relationship lasted to begin with for him to be a butthole about it. Like, yeah, yeah and he's still only known her for like four days. But yeah. yeah. And the boss is like, now you two avoid each other for the next few days in case uh, Sebastian's people check up on you. So she's off to the party. See, they tell her to memorize any uh, names, faces, and nationalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, how exciting. And and <laughs> another thing that makes these people terrible Aww. spies is they're, they're all just hanging out at her apartment, I guess. Yeah, like that's. I don't. I feel like that's not something spies should be doing. It's not like it's the FBI out has, a, has the their spies. own office in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, they're just like hanging yeah. there. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess. I guess the Nazis don't have enough of an infrastructure in Rio de Janeiro. It's not like they're sending spies. It seems like the only Nazis in this town are like these six old dudes. It's not like they've like brought any younger people with them or have recruited any of the people living Rio de Janeiro to help them with anything. So. I guess maybe yeah. the FBI already knows that, like, they don't have to worry. They're not going to get tailed by these guys or anything like that. It's really just six, six old retiring aged men just kind of, like, hanging out drinking juice. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to Alex's place. He's got a big fucking mansion. Yeah, it is a big fucking mansion. They, they milk this set for all it's worth, too. You get to see this whole, especially the grand foyer with all the stairs and everything like that. You see that a lot in yeah. this film. So Alex comes down to join her. 
mentions how, oh, you didn't testify at your father's trial. You think the classy thing to do would be not to bring attention to it. <laughs> You're dead dad, huh? He sure got fucked up. <laughs> wow, it sure was nice of you not to testify at your treasonous father's trial. Oh, Good job, man. girl. Yeah. At least you're going to bring him up, be a little more consoling about it or something. Not just like, oh. <laughs> I heard he choked on his own vomit at jail. What do you think of that? Claude Rains comes down the steps and he does the fucking collar pull. <laughs> Your dad, huh? Whoopsie <laughs> 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 doodles. He's in the hot seat now. In hell. Yeah. So, uh, or no, that's not Alex who says that. That's her mother. Uh, his Is mother, she any Kenny like- bitch right, right off the top of this? Yeah, kinda. Oh God! But Alex joins them. They go see the other guests. Nazi mom. Jesus. She's introduced to the Nazi sausage party that's going on in the other room. Really is. Like, there's not to make an upteen Simpsons jokes, but this totally is. What is the meeting of the Republican Party where it's like Count Chocula, Satan? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But they're like little frail old men, though. It's not even anything nearly as interesting as that. Where it's yeah. Yeah. Just a bunch and of old dudes so, eating caviar and drinking champagne. So they sit down at dinner. One of the dudes, who's kind of a nerdy looking baldy motherfucker, but like points at a bottle of wine and is like, oh, 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 oh. Like, it does it for a while. Yeah, Claude Rains is like, chill, motherfucker. And then dinner starts. And, and, and that, like, that, even that, that, just that's like, like, what the fuck was that about? Like for a while, yeah. yeah. Then and then uh, three seconds of that same nervous guy freaked out about the wine pacing in a hallway, yeah. and then that's done. He is one of oh. the Nazis, right? Like one of the core guys. Yeah. Did yeah. they ever explain this... why he's flipping the fuck out? Like presumably, he messed up. Presumably, never, I don't, I they've don't accidentally... think they say why he messed up. I mean, again, this is a fancy film for adults, so you could just assume that what happened was they accidentally brought up a bottle of the urine. Is he only freaking out because no one else in the whole world's going to understand what's in that bottle, even if they did bring up the wrong one? Is he worried because it's uranium that it's radioactive? No, he, he, I, I don't know. Especially, I. This that's one thing I thought about at the end too because I was like, wow, Cary Grant saved the day in this movie until he got hand cancer after sweeping up all that uranium (laughs) with his bare hands later in the film. But yeah, in retrospect, I'm not quite sure exactly what's supposed to be happening here, other than you need something to start the plot in motion. To you know, yeah, Yeah. this it's just a plot thing that's happening. But yeah, in another room, all the Nazis are having a meeting and they're talking and like something must be done about him. He was tired. It was an understandable slip. A dangerous slip. There might have been other slips, and they're they're talking, like I'm sure I can have him give me a lift home. The road home has all sorts of curves and shit. That's a great it line rating. Totally you totally tell what he's talking like about. Yeah, an accident. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not tending his fingers when he says that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mistake man comes in and he's like, "Oh, sorry for fucking everything up. I sh- oh, I'm gonna go home now. If you do not mind." And the Nazi man from who was telling about the accident is like, "Oh shit, no, everything's fine. I think I will drive you home. You are very tired. We wouldn't want you to crash on the way home, now would we?" <laughs> Everyone just cackles. The lighting crashes yeah. outside the window. <laughs> Homeboy knows what's going on. It's like, "Oh no, I, it's fine. I guess we will drive. I will see you all tomorrow." 
and I'm very sorry. So uh, it's, I, it's done. The weird thing is, like, I can see if there's a whole fuck ton of these guys and every dude was expendable. Yeah, I was just about to say that. But there's only, like like I said, there's only six guys. The only person in that room who could have ever been, like, the only, per- the, the only external influence in that room was their best friend's daughter. And even yeah. then, like, I, I don't quite understand, like, why they're so freaked out, why the dude is so freaked out at the bottle. If everyone had just been, like, I don't, 10 no, degrees I more don't chill about this shit. I don't to do with the bottle. I think he messed up some other way, and they're yeah? talking about it. But they never explain how he, or why, or, you know, anything with how he messed up, I don't think. Do you think it's one of those things where, like, he was the guy who hand-drew all the labels in the bottles, and he noticed a misspelling? And he, but he wanted to point it out, but he didn't want to draw too much attention. Like he was embarrassed by his mistake, but he just didn't. He he didn't feel comfortable having that bottle served at, at the table. Um, Maybe yeah. his mistake was just pointing at somebody on the street in Rio de Janeiro and going "Jules," and they were like, "Oh no, you <laughs> yeah, can't be is, doing that." This in public. is actually he's not dying because of this. This is just an excuse at this point. This guy's been the worst <laughs> secret hidden Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! He just keeps on idly drawing swastikas and all on all his napkins at dinner, when, even when they're not mm-hmm. eating at home. And oh my god, he just goose steps He's, all over town. And yeah, yep, just goose stepping down the street, kicking small children in the butt, being like, "Out of my way!" Well, and this is also they get to kill two two birds with one stone because his car is shaped like Hitler's head. <laughs> and they're just gonna drive it off a cliff with him inside of it, and just like you know, mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about any of these two things anymore. Yeah. Very symbolic. Yeah. We, we so appreciate the, next- the Nazi pride, but you could always, there's such a thing as taking it too far. It's true. Oh. Uh, it's the next day. They're at the racetrack, and Alex is sitting up with his mother, and she's like, Miss Hoberman has been gone for quite a while. And he's like, I do wish you'd call her by her first name, mother. You could smile at her now and then. And she's like, then both of us would be grinning like idiots at her. It's such a cold, stereotypical German mother. Yeah. Well, this is already kind of like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Hitchcock must have had some kind of maternal issues, too, because this is already kind of like foretelling some of the dynamics between Norton Bates and a relationship with his mother and Psycho and stuff. Mm. Like, yeah, there's definitely a, 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 a thread here to be drawn between this film and Psycho. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So... She goes down and meets Devlin at the side of the track, just out in the fucking open where Devlin can, or Sebastian can watch her from afar because they're fucking terrible secret agents. And doesn't uh, she explicitly stay? She says something about how like he can't see them behind this pillar or something like that, but that the, that then that's not how reality works. Yeah, yeah, but uh. <laughs> She says, she tells him about all the guys she met at the party, and uh, gives them their names and shit and where they're from, and then she's like, oh, and one more thing, you can add Sebastian's name to my list of playmates. And he's like, pretty fast work. Isn't that what you wanted? There you go. Oh, they're so mad I at think each other this is the scene I was talking Sebastian. about where he's all salty about, like, I would never tell a woman what to do. He's, like, being super passive-aggressive yeah. in, like, two different ways. Yeah, and she's sad because it doesn't seem like he cares about her or tried to stop anything. He's coming across like a real piece of shit. Just a petulant douche. Yeah. And I'm not sure if the movie wants me to like him, 
I think it does. I mean, it's supposed to be a romantic movie. They end up being kind of the leads. You think they're supposed to be both sympathetic, but man, just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No me gusta. Alex, uh, Sebastian, Alex, whatever you want to call him, eventually comes down and Devlin leaves. He's like, you like that guy? And she's like, fuck no, I hate that shitty lord. Fucking asshole. And he's like, I'd like you to prove that to me. You want to do that? You want to prove you hate him? That'd be super cool. <laughs> Again, I'm picturing that- him being three feet tall, dressed in a sailor suit, <laughs> macking really hard at Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, so it's another scene, and Devlin's, uh, there's a bunch of old dudes at Devlin's boss's office talking about how there's some si- Nazi scientist in Brazil, one of the guys that she met, I guess. Uh, then an assistant come in and is like, hey, yo, uh, she's here. She, she came to see you guys. And they're like, what the fuck is she doing here? She shouldn't do that. Yeah, but they don't care about that. In the whole rest of the movie, they don't give a shit if she shows up or if they show up at her place. Well, especially if they're still so camped out in her that. living room. Yeah. <laughs> well, you expect she's just coming home to take a shit before she goes back out on her date. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the random old guys we've never seen before is like, I've had my doubts about her. And Devlin's like, why is that? Why, what is it about her? He's like, kind of, you kind of think he's going to come to her defense, but he doesn't really. The old guys just, they start talking about what a whore she is and stuff, and the drunk whore, Despite basically. Despite the fact how, that, like, now, yeah, now that some of these guys, is. some of these guys are now expressing uh, worries about whether or not she can pull them off. Despite the fact that, like, the the other, the, the only other big scene we've seen before this with these guys was Cary Grant trying to talk them out of using her. And they were like, no, mm-hmm. we think she'll... Do- now, yeah, we should- yeah, like, literally just two days before this, they were like, oh, no, she's fine. This will be great. And now that she's actually making inroads into breaking this dude's heart, they're like, I don't know if she can do it, man. She's a whore. We can't trust her. And it's like, what? She's doing exactly yeah. what you told her to do, and she's doing it well. She's like, this guy's going to propose to her tomorrow morning. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, yeah and Jesus. Devlin's like, yeah, she might be risking her life for her country, but sure is a whore. Now you like your wife back in Washington, sitting in a comfortable house playing bridge with her friends. And I was like, you don't get to defend her after acting like such an asshole. Exactly. Fuck yeah, you, you sanctimonious I, prick. I guess this is Hitchcock, Hitch, Hitchcock's, Hitch Hitchcock's way of showing that. Uh, Devlin still likes her and will defend her in private, even though he's being a uh, passive-aggressive douche to her in public, but it's still just, like, it's more just fucking utterances. It's just killing time until the next scene, and then the next big yeah. plot point, yeah. She comes in and is like, I couldn't get a hold of Devlin, so I had to come here and talk to you guys. Shit's crazy, yo. Sebastian asked me to marry him. I gotta tell him yes or no by lunch. What'd I do? They're like, are you willing to go that far? She's like, if you need me to, whatever. And they're like, what do you think, Devlin? He's like, this is probably a great opportunity. And then he stares daggers at her. Fuck you, Devlin. And and then uh, and he's like, Devlin asks her, what made you think he wants to go this far? And she's like, he thinks I'm in love with him. You fucking idiot. Duh. And like, like, you told me to make <laughs> him do. You fucking yeah. jerk. Yeah. Yeah, and Devlin... Devlin's like, what if there's a honeymoon? Won't that slow our shit down? And they're like, nah, it'll be fine. She's capable. This is when they bring out the wheelbarrow full of condoms for her to take back to lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it, like, we already, fine. I'm yeah, le- we saw this coming, man. We're cool. We're good. We, we got yeah. you back here. Devlin's like, fine, I'm leaving. This shit isn't affecting me at all. And, he and then he, dis- throws his, he, 
Then he threw his hand in his his face in his hands and went <laughs> and ran out of the room crying. <laughs> and he never. It'd be great if he never even came back into the film. He just gonna <laughs> have a couple black nipple apple. Yeah. God fucking. That's one of the things. Like I know Hitchcock movies are supposed to be super stylish and sophisticated, but then you see a movie like this where like characters acting like fucking children. And I know adults yeah. aren't supposed to always, you know, adults are, they're human beings. They have emotions and stuff like that. But, like, you think Cary Grant in a movie like this would have a shit together a little bit better. Even, like, well, I'm not having, I don't have the any job, respect for him. It's In the job position he's in in the movie. That's the thing. This he's is, not being a professional. This is the worst spy thriller ever. I can't believe anyone yeah. considered this a spy. He's, oh my god. Anyway. He's terrible at his job. Jesus Christ, man. So then Sebastian's talking to his mind. Mom, he's talking to his mind. He's talking to his mind. He's talking to and his mime Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Mystery Mime, or what the fuck that's called. Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime, yeah. His, <laughs> he's playing his, Game Boy in bed. He's got no other friends. <laughs> his mom's like, you're sure that chick doesn't come down here to get you and our sweet, sweet money? And he's like, damn, mom, why you gotta be such a bitch all the time? You're always jealous of the women that show interest in. Why you gotta be such a hater? Psh, we're getting married next week. You can show up if you want. Fuck you! And he <laughs> leaves the room. Everyone's just got the most, most petulant relationships in this movie. I swear to God, everyone's just like, fuck yeah. you too! Yeah. There's no real adults in this film. And then I guess there's a... I think it's a scene of them getting home from the honeymoon? Or maybe somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, it does just kind of jump forward where they're yeah they're just getting home, and I do think they make some small talk about like, oh boy, our honeymoon's not over yet. It's time for pie well, or something like that. You know, yeah, they get home, and he's like, oh my gosh, the fucking house is so dark. I'm sorry about the house being so dark. And the butler's like, yeah, your mom told us to go to bed for the night. <laughs> Uh, and and like, I guess is the Clotterites go like that's not how this works. <laughs> like you're adults, you're not you're her children. I, I I guess the scene is supposed to show that the mother doesn't like them, and and because the, the 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 butler's like you're you know he's like I called my mom and told her we'd be coming home, and he's like she didn't tell us. She told us yeah. to go to bed. So I guess it's driving home the fact she doesn't like Alicia, which is uh, what's her butt's name. So she's moving in now. Uh, <laughs> not that she just wants to move in she's been living out of a fucking hotel room this whole time yeah, yeah. oh god this her, movie her closet is too small so she finds another door but it's locked oh, and the butler man. tells her that only Mr. Sebastian has the keys and he's currently a meeting downstairs uh, so downstairs the Nazis are having a meeting and one of the Nazis says he's been successful with something and everybody gets super hype but what he's successful with, who knows? We never find out. Presumably he has built, he has test detonated a uranium bomb in his basement lab, I guess, or something, yeah. I don't know, but she knocks on the door, asks for the key to unlock the closet. They go upstairs. He goes to grab them from his mother, I guess, because she's got them or something. Yeah, she can something. hear them yelling from a, to each other, I think. From behind the closed door, it's very muffled and quiet. But eventually, she gets the keys. Uh, there's a montage of her opening various doors and closets with the keys. Until she finds out the wine cellar is locked and only Alexander has the key. Yeah. And she makes specific note that there's a lock on the door that says Unico? 
Mm. And so presumably she has to find a key uh, in the house that is also stamped with the Unica brand, so she knows that that's the same key that opens up the wine cellar. Yeah. So she meets Devlin on a park fence. He's like, hey, uh, you gotta get that key, girl. Throw a big party and consider me invited. Because that's how that works. This then, is... Yeah, go I'll ahead. figure out... I'll figure out what's going on with that that wine cellar and that key because you're obviously incapable because you're a woman. This and it's is, like, isn't this her job to find out this shit? Why do you have to get involved? This is something I didn't understand. Even going back and rewinding parts of this movie and reviewing some of the stuff, because they by her by by Ingrid Bergman being coerced into suggesting that they throw a big party to Claude Rains, she has just accidentally established herself a time limit to mm-hmm. to steal and use the key uh, for the wine cellar. If she had just yeah. found, like, she if, she if she had just found a way to to steal that house key, make a copy of it that afternoon and return it ASAP, and then just use it at her own speed, the movie would yeah. have unfolded completely differently. I'm only assuming it's- there must have been a part in the movie where I missed where she must. It must be they must need the party to cause a distraction because I'm assuming she just thinks that uh, Claude Rain's mom hates her so much that there's no way she's gonna be gonna be able to sneak into anywhere in the house even with the key without the mom finding out. So I'm assuming the whole he point did of the not party not miss a part. Yeah, so not the, miss a part. The whole point of the party is so that Devlin can get in the house and figure out what's going on in the wine cellar because which the, I like is, but that kind of ties to what I'm saying. Knows. I guess the only reason that makes sense is if if because uh, Bergman knows that she can't do it herself because the mom. Because otherwise, yeah, then why should she could just easily do? It's her house now. Like, yep. yeah, she could easily do this, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like they're really bad at doing spy stuff. Yeah, it's bad spy. Really, stuff. really bad at it. It's like if you had a James Bond movie, and James Bond had to get the key to the nuclear bomb, but then also, he once he got the key, he just gave it to his best friend who fucked it up. And then, yeah. that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So she's like, you're not gonna be invited. He thinks I love it. You love me, or whatever. And he's like, tell him that you're inviting me so that, you can, so that I can see how madly in love you are with him. And that's the only way it's going to knock it out of my head. Yeah, that excuse will fly. It's perfect. Nobody could possibly see through oh, that. Oh, the Claude Rains is stupid enough this movie. I could... I, it turns out he's not I wrong, think, though. He totally falls for a little I think Claude like. Rains is the smartest person in this movie. Yeah. But that's oh, not saying a Well, he's smartest, but he's also blinded by... The only reason he doesn't rule over everything in this movie is because he's so blinded by love. He's so weirdly lonely. That's that's his big Achilles heel in this movie. That kind of makes him stupid. But yeah, at least he yeah. is the one character in this movie that you think, if it wasn't for his giant raging boner, he would be five steps ahead of everyone else but yeah yeah so uh the i don't feel like there's any stakes here at this point in the movie no because like there's no suggestion as to what's what might be in the wine cellar it just might be a fucking really good cheesecake recipe it might be hitler himself it might just be a locked wine cellar it may like yeah you don't know if it's gonna be it might just be wine yeah as yeah, and so, even then the threat—it's six old men. The worst. Yeah. What's the worst can any of these people do? To I mean, if of course of Ingrid Birdman, she's married to one of these six old men. You know, she's she's technically behind enemy lines, 
but it's not like uh, yeah i'm not seeing i'm not getting really wound up about the tension in this film it's all kind no, of there's no tension yeah anyway so it's the night of the party uh alex is getting ready in the bathroom she takes the key off the key ring while she's walking away he comes up and kisses takes her hands which she got the key in this is a great it, scene this is really nice this is th- like this- kisses her palm of one hand and is about to kiss the other but she got the key in it so she's like oh and hugs him yeah and drops the key on the ground and kicks it so it's hidden her keep away game is super fucking strong with that key though i am legitimately impressed like that is she's got the key in one hand and when well like her one hand he he goes to yeah kiss her uh palm and opens it and you see it's almost like a magic trick was like the key's not there so it's got to be in the other hand and he goes to kiss that palm too and then she like dives forward to give him a hug so he doesn't she doesn't have to open her palm and he does he really honestly has no idea that she has just stolen his basement key but it's just nice kind of and you know she kicks away but i do like the keep away game that's it's one of the most hitchcockian Mm -hmm. in a good way scenes in the whole film yeah but then the drama action but instead of just going to get a copy of it she just keeps it Oh my god! 40 more minutes! So, she's walking around the party just palming the key the entire time. And then, uh, Cary Grant shows up, kisses her hand, and they swap keys. Mm-hmm. Or not keys. They, they, he gives the key to her. He, they she gives spit. the key to him. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and also, this entire time, her poker face is the worst. Yeah. She got no chill. She's looking panicked and worried this entire time. Again, almost a century of spy She's films bad. after this is, has, has has taught us like what true spy poker faces look like. And where's this this I can't It's not a spy film. It's just her like they're just trying to show how fr- freaked out she is by this stuff. So of course they're just I can't kind of remember. Going, oh my god, all the time. Yeah, I can't remember and you're you notice it more than I do, I think, because you're you're more into it. Was there much music in this film? Uh, there's a huge... If you look at the Wikipedia page for this movie, there's a huge thing about music in this film. I didn't notice any of the music in this film. I didn't notice any of it either. Yeah. Like, I mean, I there is music. tension music here or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of fucked up when they fly, first fly into Rio de Janeiro. It's just playing La Cucaracha for no reason. Um, <laughs> fucking racist-ass Yeah, composers. what you gonna do? But yeah, no, I didn't notice anything in particular, you know? So some De- Devlin's at the party. Some random lady shows up, runs up to us, and is like, "Oh, Devlin! I'm so happy to see you again." We, we have no idea who this lady is, where she came from, uh, and we never really see her again after this scene. So, God, yeah. Didn't while he... they go, okay. Yeah, while they go, her this random lady and Devlin go off. She checks to make sure they got enough booze because they don't want them going downstairs to get more booze while they're in the wine cell this is also roughly the same area where uh hitchcock shows up for 10 seconds um it's when um Cary grant and bergman are first i think maybe when they're first walking into the place and there's essentially the the, the champagne distribution station they walk to it and then this is where they first established that uh uh Claude Rains' butler has all these, you know, bottles of champagne on ice. Uh, but the guy who is uh, drinking champagne right in front of them as they're walking up to the station, that's, it's, it's Hitchcock just essentially oh, just okay. draining a glass and walking away. And then they walk up to where he was standing and they go, oh, hey, look, there's champagne. And that's when, uh, 
uh, Cary Grant's all like, oh, do you, do you, do you think they have enough, uh, to keep them all night, or we, or is there a chance we might get interrupted in the basement when they uh, go downstairs to get more champagne, and, yeah, she's like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that, which, of course, becomes a huge plot yeah. point just about five minutes from now, but, yeah. Yeah, they keep doing shots of the bottles going down, and, it, yeah. and like, it's supposed to be building tension, but it's really not. I don't feel any tension at all. Well, like I said, this is the artificial time lock that they've set for themselves, where if she had just yeah. copied a key, well, they still have to avoid, even regardless if it's copy or the original copy of the key, like, they still have to worry about like, getting in, the, in and out of the basement without being caught by somebody else. But if, for some reason, something in the party doesn't work out, they could just try the shit again tomorrow or next week or something. But yeah. yeah. Monkey pants. They so eventually, they-, they meet each other by the back door by the wine cellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go inside, uh, and being the Presumably master spy, one key opens up both doors to the wine cellar. Yeah, being a master spy, Cary Grant proceeds to break a bottle of wine. Really does he is looking? Yeah, he's investigating a shelf full of bottles, and he notices that there's some kind of like inventory uh, stock sheet be- on the wall behind the bottles, and he's flipping through the pages, and he doesn't realize his elbow is slowly shoving one of the bottles off the. The shelf that he's investigating, of course, it falls down and explodes. But instead of mm-hmm. booze, it's filled with what? Dust, metal, some sort of metal dust. Some black Don't ass know what shit. It is yet? Yeah, yeah. They clean it up. He takes a sample and a little Manila, Manila envelope. Uh, but then Alex starts to come downstairs as they're leaving the wine cellar. So he's like, "Kiss me," and she's like, "Fuck no, Alex will see me." He's like, "That's what I want him to." I uh, I know this is a big highlight of the film, but this is confusing me because it's been explicitly noted that the door to the wine cellar can only be opened by the key that Cary Grant now has. Mm-hmm. How did how did fucking Claude Rains and the butler get into the front? Get from the interior? They don't have the key, right? So how did they get in? Unless it was unlocked before yeah. the party, like, but. Fucking before who knows? Ingrid Bergman stole it, I guess. I guess? just because yeah, I was just I again. That's 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 very plotty story. Not even story. It's just plot stuff. But it's still yeah. yeah. This this is a bad spy thriller. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, it, it is yeah yeah. But kiss it. They kiss. They Alex please. confronts him. Oh, and and she's. She's like, he made me kiss him. I want to. He's drunk. He said he'd make a scene if I didn't come down here alone with him. And Cary Grant tells him, I knew her before you knew her. Which isn't actually factual at all. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, oh, whatever. Uh, loved her before you loved her, but she's telling the truth. I'm gonna go home now. Toodles. And he he really does just kind of turn around, robot shoulder, and <laughs> just kind of marches off into the distance. Leaving yeah. her to twist in the wind. Yep. Oh. And uh, Alex is like, "Oh, your guests are upstairs. Go, 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 tend to them." And and so that ends. And he's gonna go to the wine cellar with his butler, but then he notices his key is missing. He puts two and two together. See, really that's why quick. now, like Kudos now, suddenly him. he's like looking for his key, and it suddenly becomes a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in most movies, the guy will be like, "Huh, where the fuck's my key?" But he's pretty much like, "Fucking that bitch took my key." 
Yeah, he, he got he's, it fast. The moment he realizes the key is gone, he's already he's already more or less figured it out. And it's only when he goes downstairs and see that there's a bottled. Uh, well, he realizes he's looking at the well, inventory. He, go, he goes to bed for the night and leaves his keys out. When he wakes up, his cellar keys back on the keychain. Oh, that's like, the yeah, and shit. that's when he's like, "Shit, yeah, motherfucker." So he goes down and die. looks at the wines on the shelf. Yeah. There's none missing because they replaced the bottle with a different bottle. But he's looking at the wines in 1943, 1934, 1934, 1934. <gasps> oh, no, this one's from 1940. What the fuck? So he sees the dust on the ground and some broken glass. Shit's falling apart all over the place. These two terrible spies did a terrible job covering <laughs> their tracks. Yeah, you think at some point, uh, yeah, it's... I, 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 which was funny because when Cary Grant first breaks the bottle, I was laughing about how my first, uh, instinct would have been just to shove everything underneath the, uh, wine display and hope no one notices it. And that turns out that's exactly what Cary Grant that's fucking exactly, did. Yeah. It's the most little kid solution. Granted, it's <laughs> the quickest solution, but like. <laughs> and if you turn up the volume really loud, the entire time he's talking to Alex during that scene. Right before he leaves, you can hear him nervously farting the entire time <laughs> out of fear that he's about to get caught. Uh, you know what? There is one. <laughs> there is one. When he goes down into the basement and when he's looking for clues to see what the hell was going on, there is a nice moment, too, where he realizes he looks into the sink and he sees that the bottom of the sink right next to the wine display uh, storage unit is kind of wet, suggesting that there's been some kind of use, some kind of cleanup in the basement. Which mm-hmm. shouldn't have been happening too, and so the, I just it's just a nice shot of just like yeah the, the wetness of the bottom of the sink, which kind of makes him kind of leads him towards the sink, and so I thought that was kind of a nice little touch because yeah it, yeah it, it's it's a it's a clue that's not so obvious as oh hey here's some broken wine bottle glass and shit like that I just kind of yeah. I thought it was nice so he goes but, he goes and talks to his mother and he's like I need your help something is wrong Alicia and his mom gets the smuggest look on her face and she's like. I knew it. I knew something would be wrong. That Devlin. And I th- I think this lady must really be German because her face, it reminds me of the the little Germans from Freaks. Like, it's got that same kind of build of it. Yeah, the very kind of severe face and just, yeah. I, yeah, this woman, she was an actual German, and I think this is her only English language film. And it shows, like, she's totally, like, she's hardcore, like, fucking Fraulein fucking lady here. Oh, goddamn. I do, yeah. like, she's, I, I, I don't know, she's you, an evil enough stepmom, mother-in-law, whatever you want to call her, that I almost pictured, like, she's not even so worried about, like, killing off Ingrid Bergman to keep the secrets. As much as she's, it's just an excuse to hurt somebody. <laughs> she's going to get off mm. on that as much as anything else, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, but she's like, I knew that bitch was trouble. She's in love with that Devlin dude. And he's like, no, I'm married to an American agent. Bump, bump, bump. Yeah, cuts bump commercial. Bump cigarette and starts thing, smoking. Yeah. You know shit's getting serious. When I do appreciate, rather than drawing out uh, Claude Rain's suspicions as to what's going on, he really does has, he really not just figured out that he's been hoodswinked, but he really... He understands exactly the scope of what's happened. There's not a thing where he has to run up, ba- run back to Ingrid Bergman and, and and force her to confess what's going on. He just figures it out by himself. Like even the yeah. stuff you, he really shouldn't be able to. Like, how does he know specifically that she's an American spy working with the FBI? 
but yeah, yeah who knows uh, but yeah but uh he's upset because if the other nazis find out he married an american agent they're gonna kill the fuck out of him oh yeah because they killed that goofy looking bastard for less Just even though we don't know what he did wine. yeah i don't think that's it i think it was unrelated but yeah who knows? oh no that's totally why they whacked his ass they just never explained so. why specifically Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but mom's like, ah, nah, they don't need to find out you married American spy, and don't straight up just strangle her or some shit. We gotta put this. Is, we gotta make it look like an accident. So we maybe gotta do it all delicate, like yeah. We gotta poison the shit out of her so she'll die all slow style. Yeah. So they give her some coffee. It makes her sick. And they, uh, this goes on for a while, too, because it's not just, like, one cl- cup of coffee, but they seem to spend a couple weeks slowly poisoning her. It's hard to say if it's weeks or days. That's or what I... At least a couple days, because there's, there's yeah. a little thing where she's not feeling so great, and then she's getting worse and worse, and she seems to miss at least a so, couple rendezvous meetings with uh, Devlin yeah. again. Yeah. So, she meets with Devlin's boss, and he tells her the sand they found in the bottle contained uranium ore. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me why Sebastian had bottles of uranium, like, dust with a ra- uranium ore in his cellar? Well, the did Nazis... I miss a, did I miss a plot detail describing why they would have that? Well, as everyone knows, the Nazis were also researching nuclear bomb-making capabilities during World War II. Mm-hmm. And with what the Devlin... Or not Devlin, what, with whatever Sebastian and his fellow Nazis could... Um, escape with from German uh, Germany to Rio de Janeiro. They figured, well, they couldn't. They weren't going to have the resources to build an actual atomic bomb. What they thought they could do is maybe if you take a wine bottle filled with uranium and smash it over someone's head and like stick a lighter <laughs> in it at the same time, it might cause that might cause a nuclear explosion. <laughs> they're yeah. hoping against hope, but maybe, I, or at least they're you, hoping to just give lots of people fucking cancer. Um, you sir. You sir sounded so confident in your answer with that. I I was not expecting a joke. I was expecting you to have a legitimate actual answer for me. You you got me. You 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 zigged on me and you zagged on me. And you what got you me. don't realize, actually, if you paid attention to earlier scenes, Sebastian is constantly reading through the, from the Acme catalog and all the scenes he's talking mm, to fucking yeah. Ingrid Bergman throughout this film. Yeah, he's yeah. It turns out he's Wiley e. Coyote's uh, uh, cousin. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's never explained. Presumably that they're they're gonna try to relaunch some kind of nuclear program. While even though it's six old men in a mansion in Rio de Janeiro with, like, a couple bottles of radioactive material. I don't know yet what their grand plan here was. I've no, But again, this is not... That's not the point of the film. But... Yeah. Yeah. And also, the boss tells them that Devlin's gonna be replaced with some other contact. He's, he's going to Spain yeah. in a couple weeks. Whatever. Uh... So that, and she gets but up. But not soon, but in a while. He's still going to have enough time yeah. to figure out what's going on and save the day. Yeah. Uh, later, she drinks more coffee, goes for a walk with an Alex, but she's she's getting a headache and is dizzy. And then she's like, I'll be all right. Let's go inside. So they walk further outside. Scene end. Have you, wait, did I make you watch a Pacific Rim? <laughs> Or not Pacific Rim. What's the other? Yeah. Not. What's the. Crimson Peak? No. 
Crimson Peak, spoilers for Crimson Peak, but I'm assuming Guillermo del Toro must have been really influenced by this movie to make Crimson Peak, which is funny because this movie's boring as shit. I love Crimson Peak, but Crimson Peak, mm. um, there's a whole bunch of stuff in Crimson Peak about, uh, there's a heroine who is uh, pursuing a missing key while stuck in a hostile home uh, while being poisoned by a relative of the dude that she's married to. Like, the whole kind of crux mm-hmm. of this... Essentially, if you took this act of the film and turned it into a whole movie, that's essentially what Crimson Peak is. Um, mm. Which I'm, I'm sure there's been other stories in the past where you have someone being poisoned by a relative or something because of some shit that the relative doesn't want other people to find out. But I, it's just funny how yeah. much... I lo- Yeah, I just love that other film that's inspired by this, but this is just kind of, like, inconsequential and just kind of like, well, I don't want Ingrid Bergman to die. But Jesus Christ, she's so used to getting drunk and stuff all the time. You think like getting poisoned wouldn't feel that much different. You think she's just like, oh yeah. man, oh. I'm surprised she's not drinking booze, thinking, well, I'm drinking too much coffee. I need to get back on the fucking, <laughs> fucking malt <laughs> liquor train. Yeah, yeah, gotta get back on the so, <laughs> fucking night train. She meets Devlin on a bench. She's got no new info for him. He got no new info for her. And she is annoyed that he won't tell her that he is leaving Rio for Spain. Uh, he tells her that she looks like shit. She blames it on a hangover. They start at each other back and forth about drunk and stuff, and they're miserable people. Truly, I think a I romance hate for the ages. I don't know what's yeah. going on. You look like shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> She gets up eventually, he's like, goodbye, Devlin. He's like, what do you mean, goodbye? I'm going home. And she leaves. One of the Nazi doctors tells her she should see a doctor. Mom gives her more coffee. They have a giant cup sitting in the frame, looming like the poison is looming in her system. Supposedly that is actually because... Yeah, they well, it's a similar thing they did dial in for murder, where you had to have somebody in uh, in, in focus with a large object in the foreground. And so instead of just mm-hmm. putting an object in the foreground, they just made a giant version of that object. So it would still be yeah. within focus. So I guess they mm-hmm. had a giant coffee cup for that shot. That must have been a fun day on set. <laughs> trying not to laugh at the giant coffee cup. Again! And, uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 the prop people from Maroon Cartoons come in with a giant coffee cup. Yep. Yeah. So, uh... The doctor almost drinks her cup of coffee, but Mom and Alex are like, Oh, fuck no! Don't do that! Again, with people having no fucking poker face, they can be a little no. like... This, I mean, I'm, maybe that doctor is really important to this uranium thing that they're doing, because otherwise you think that, that it might be worth like get, like get making him sick for an afternoon Yeah, to not fucking show their hand to fucking Bergman, but no, yeah. They flip the fuck yeah, out. Bergman's she- all like, Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, she really quickly puts it together. They've been poisoning the fuck out of her. Yeah. She stands up, says she gotta go to bed. Camera tricks happen. Vision's blurry. She gets sweaty and falls over. People run out and carry her up to her room. They put her into bed. My stress levels are off the chart. I can't believe this movie. I don't care. This is just... My heart was pounding. Again, I felt hoodwinked because I paid full price for for my movie seat, and I only need the edge. (laughs) Uh, So they put her in bed. Alex tells the butler to disconnect her telephone because she got absolute quiet. Uh, 
So it takes five days. She never meets a, meets Devlin. Oh, it is she five days. Five okay, days yeah. Meeting him. Yeah. So he talks to his boss about it, who's eating crackers in his bed, as you do. <laughs> That's somebody who just has given up on life. <laughs> I mean, so at least if you're just eating up- gravy in bed with your bare hands, at least that shows, you know, at least, you know, you're, you're going to have a more peaceful night's sleep than if you're sleeping in a bed full of crumbs. Yeah, but. Yeah. So he's going to go check up on her, make a social car. He's like, I'm a friend of the family after all. Are you? Are you when you tried to make out with her at the party? Right in front of well, he does, he does like, put on an Austin Powers voice when he says friend of the family and like pumps his hips in this lewd gesture just yeah. to fuck with Sebastian. <laughs> so yeah. he goes to see her at her place. Butler's like, oh, she's been very sick for like a week and is confined to bed. Uh, but he, he's gonna, so he'll talk to Devlin. So the butler tells Alex, uh, or he'll talk to Sebastian. So the butler has him wait in the lobby while he goes and tells Sebastian that Devlin's there to see him. He's in the middle of the meeting with the Nazis. They're talking about how they think they're being followed and judging how people work in this movie, they're probably right because nobody has any chill. They're all terrible agents. It's probably agents like addressed like German like, the fucking, like, king of the Ottoman Empire, kind of like fucking Germans, like, little metal what? hats with, like, little arrows on top. No. Trying to blend what in. What it is, is, is they have fedoras on, and much like press would have, like, uh, little cards saying press on them, yeah. they have little cards stuck in their hat saying, not a spy. Exactly, yeah. But that's how they do. With Groucho Marx glasses and fucking mustaches <laughs> and shit, too. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they keep waving their hand in front of their face like John Cena saying, you can't see me! (laughs) So, Devlin sees uh, the mother go into her bedroom, so he sneaks upstairs and goes into Alicia's room. She's very sick. But her makeup and hair game is still on. No, she looks gorgeous, even though she's almost dead. But yeah, she's... (laughs) Which, if she's this sick, how likely is it that she's going to live much longer beyond the the end scene of this movie anyway? I'm about to die. Quick, come and rub your face on mine for 15 minutes. Let's know. So they do. Eskimo kisses. <laughs> mm-hmm. He tells her that he loved her, and the only reason he was transferring away was because he couldn't stand seeing them together. Blah, blah, blah. I don't believe it at all. Their romance sucks. No matter how softly or they nuzzle with each other. Ugh. So she tells him the house is full of Nazis, and uh, they don't know about the poison thing, because they totally killed Alex for marrying an American agent. They killed that other guy for less, and after softly talking for a while, they start to leave. But Alex shows up, confronts them in the hallway. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, guys? And he's like, I'm taking him to the hospital. Gotta get the poison out of her. It is also and worth boy, noting friend- that... Uh- mm-hmm. Sebastian is also, he's got like a propeller hat on, so he can maintain yeah. eye level with everyone else during this scene. <laughs> he's just buzzing around. <laughs> yeah, he's like Mr. Mizzleplex or something like that, yeah, because he's so, he's so wee! He's, and he's also wearing moon boots to jump ex- so, up extra yeah, high. Yeah, he's like a hovering, who's the guy from uh, that old, uh, the, 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 uh, like, fucking the B-52s or the guy, the, the groove is in the heart band, the guy, the, the bass is the yeah. black guy with the big moon boots. He's dressed like mm-hmm. that with like st- purple star spangles on the jeans and everything like that. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, yeah, but so, whoa, we're so close to so, the end of this. I should not be slowing us down. 
Christ almighty. So he's like, oh, I'm taking her to the hospital to get poison out of her. Your friends downstairs don't know yet. So he's like, we're taking her back to her room. And Devlin's like, ooh, I'll raise a ruckus if you do. I do like this. They're having the conversation while they're slowly dragging uh, Bergman down the steps. Uh, which is yeah. really nice because, like, yeah, they're, they're like it's it's not like uh, Claude Rance has like halted them or anything like that. But it's this like kind of interesting negotiation as they're walking down the steps about as to what the hell's going to happen. Especially, yeah, if if they draw the attention of the Nazis at the foot of the stairs. Yeah, it, this is actually kind of a cool scene. I do like this. So they're walking down. Mom shows up and she's like, "He knows, <laughs> and he knows." The Nazis start to come out, see what's going on, and. uh Grant's like, you haven't forgotten what they did to Emmanuel, have you, Sebastian? And his mom's like, fucking help him! I don't want, she don't want her sweet baby boy to die! And he's like, I'm not afraid to die. And Cary Grant's like, you got your chance here and now! Tell him who she is! And the Germans are like, where is she going? What's happening? We can't hear more than three feet away from our ears! (laughs) Or see more than... Mom's like, take him. It was taking her to the hospital. Come on, fuck, boy, jeez, fuck, get her out of here, and, fucking uh, Christ Almighty. Yeah, Grant's, Grant's like, uh, well, we're gonna be Alex. I'm gonna have to start shooting people. He does so reach into his pocket to suggest like, he might don't... have a piece on him. Which, if he doesn't have a gun yeah. on him in this situation, he's he's out of his fucking mind. This is officially the worst yeah. spy movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. So. So Alex is finally like, oh, she collapsed. Mr. Devlin heard her scream while she was waiting for me. And he also has a terrible poker face. Everybody has the worst <laughs> poker face. Which Everybody's I do appreciate. fucking guilty as there's, fuck. I appreciate if that there's no one good spy in this movie. I appreciate how everyone is a terrible spy in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so Devlin's like, I telephoned the hospital as soon as I found her. So he loads her up in the car outside. And he's like, sorry, Sebastian, no room for you, and locks the door. He locks the and fucking Sebastian's, door! <laughs> yeah. Sebastian's like, Yo, whoa, what? No, you gotta take me with you. Please, <laughs> please, they're watching! Oh, fuck! And, 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 and the last desperate and, act of absolutely showing no chill. <laughs> fucking... And also, he seems scared to death of death, and fucking will flip on the dime with these Nazis. He probably would have made a great fucking witness. But or informant, but oh well. Funny fuck it. how my fuck last note for this film is. Uh, yeah, you would think that uh, Claude Rains would have been way more useful to Cary Grant as a prisoner at the end of the movie rather than as a corpse. But yeah. no, especially considering so the, Nazi- the whole point of all of this was trying to get information out of these people. Now's your chance. Holy shit! Yeah. So, so the Nazis are standing at the doorway, and one of them says to the. Uh, there is no phone in her room to call the hospital. Alex, would you come inside? We'd like to talk to you. He slowly walks up the steps, door closes, and it's the end of the movie. Dun, dun, and dun. S- simple lies get him out of this one. Be An like, RKO oh, picture. He must, have, he must have used the phone in a different room to call the hospital because there's not one in her room. Wow, that's like a really said, hard lie to get out of, huh? Yeah. Mother, he must have asked you to call, right, Mother? And she would have been like, yeah, he asked me to call. I called the hospital. Well, also, he's out of his house. He could just walk down the street, get on an airplane, and go somewhere else. It's not like... Yeah. Or call the cops, say, hey, the cops, there's a bunch of drug people in my house, kick them out, shoot them if you have to. Or like... I mean, but that, yeah. that's not the point of this film. It's, 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 it's not designed to hold up to that kind of 
it's, plot scrutiny, but it's it's a tone poem. It's it's a but, real letdown after Dial M for murder. Cary Grant is dull, wet blanket. Claude yeah. Rains is doing his best with what he's given, but there isn't much for him to chew on. Mm-hmm. And Bergman is she's just not interesting. She's there. This movie I, is this movie's meh. It's yeah. very meh. I can see why it's people just, were raving about where? this. World War II was just over. You got shit to do. Movies weren't that interesting. I guess for the time, this was a really good film. But man, yeah, even on the scale of Hitchcock stuff, I can't imagine this was considered to be one of his best films. Because yeah. like Dial End for Murder, like I, I wasn't like super impressed by that either. But that was at least more interesting. But then again, you know, that was like twelve years later, and he had more time to own his craft and everything like that. But yeah, this movie for what happens in it, there's not a lot going on in this movie. Yeah. And I, if yeah, if, if the characters and if the performances were more interesting, that would kind of make up for it. But no, man, it's just it a does whole have a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Man, that's because it's old. I hate to be that because yep. I hate it when people just say oh, it's old so that people love it. But this is one of those things where, like, if you're approaching this with fucking fresh eyes, I don't know if you'd be getting that ninety-seven. Which I am. Christ. Um, yeah. No. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah, there's not much interesting background information on this movie. Aside from uh, David O. Selznick originally developed this as a vehicle for Joseph Cotton, who we know as Orson Mm. Welles' best friend from uh, Citizen Kane. Uh, But Selznick eventually just sold the whole project to RKO. I don't know if this is when... I know Selznick was the head of MGM for a long time, but I don't know if he was still with MGM or what when he sold this project off to RKO. But uh, him selling uh, Notorious off to RKO for development uh, did give Hitchcock full power as producer over the whole project, which is the first time that it had ever happened to Hitchcock. So this is the first time where Hitchcock had final say on the script and all the casting and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, to that end, Hitchcock had a total boner for Ingrid Bergman. Uh, this is one of the yeah. few times in his directing career that he actively collaborated with an actor on their performance, though he'd claimed for years later that Bergman was the one who wanted to jump his bones to the point of claiming that at one point during the shoot, she locked herself in her dressing room and refused to come out until Hitchcock made violent love to her. What a classy guy. That is, There has never been a sentence that's been more <laughs> or less true than that. She... Nobody ever looked at <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock and said, that's a sexy motherfucker. You know, everyone's at the catering table, eating lunch, and they just hear her scream from upstairs, God damn it, I want to be stumped by that potato man. God damn it, please. <laughs> I love the way his lip has its own orbit. It's so big. He looks like he's crying all the time. <laughs> I have to have his penis inside my face. Yeah. Oh my god. Hitchcock, what are you doing to us? This is oh I might I yeah. might try to do if you don't tackle it first. I don't yeah, have you seen North by Northwest? No. I might try to do that or Vertigo sometime, but like I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ever gonna warm up to Hitchcock. Yeah, I might try one more on my own to see if it's decent and then like, just watch it, and if it's good enough, do it. But I don't know if I can sit down and write notes for another one if they're this dry. Yeah. I mean, but at least this... We do have the benefit of knowing this is one of his earliest films, so it can only get better from here. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's question mark <laughs> i hope so. i mean i mean yeah who knows uh, but again again from this the bits and pieces i've seen from north by northwest didn't seem to be a hell of a lot more interesting than this same thing with vertigo same thing with fucking uh fucking uh, what has he ever made any other movies i don't know what the fuck hitchcock <laughs> nope that's it Just leave that's us alone stop fucking with us anyway is this yeah, better or worse anyway. than uh it's it 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 uh, Victor Victoria. It's still it's not worse than that though, right? It's no. I you, believe me. If it's something we ever watch something that's worse than Victor Victoria. Oh, okay, I just want. I to, will not shut up about how bad it on is. On Twitter these days, whenever we post an episode about something we we dislike, though, that's one of the first questions I, I see from people saying, "Hey, Victor Victoria." I'm like, no, 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 no. That's still the record holder. But yeah, yeah. Oh my God! So uh, what are we doing next? What are we doing next, Bill? Oh, we forgot Ladies to mention choice. before I talk about it too much. Oh, uh, shit. There's uh, the, the other big shot in this movie, aside from the big kissing scene, uh, there is uh, when she's at the party, or Ingrid Bergman's at the party, mm-hmm. uh, the party's just beginning, there's a great shot where um, the camera's up by the ceiling and you can see the full view oh, of the whole yeah. party, the scale of it, and it slowly zooms in until it's a close-up of her palm with the purloined basement key which that is a cool shot. I forgot to mention that, but that yeah. is, but that's that. It, it's, it also says a lot about this film that the only thing that this film is really known for is the technical precision of that shot and how they worked around the Hayes code with the kissing shot. And that's it. Like there's yeah. nothing else that, that this film was really known for other than just being a Hitchcock project and the caliber of the cast, even though they were wasted. So, mm-hmm. and putting, putting insomniacs to sleep seriously oh my god but yeah our next film is gonna be the 1985 blockbuster hit legend because our kids come running for the great taste of 19 year old tom cruise and tim curry and red body paints hell yeah it's got you've seen ferris bueller's day off though right yeah it's got sloan peterson in it and that's half the reason why i want to see this also uh, as we talk about this, uh, Alien Covenant just came out, and a lot of people seem to be torn uh, as to the quality of that film. So I've been thinking about Ridley Scott quite a bit lately, and this is one of the big Ridley Scott mm. films that I've never seen before. And also, supposedly, this movie I, uh, partially inspired The Legend of Zelda, supposedly. So I'm kind of curious to... Mm. I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if you'll think it's bullshit or not. We're going to watch the European cut. You're going to probably wind up watching a whole bunch of different versions because you're you. Yeah, I've got the Blu-ray coming, I, too. So Do you have a copy of this? Yeah. Cause, okay. I I think I do. If not, I can um, throw you a copy of my copy. Yeah, but uh, we'll uh, be uh, doing that. Legend. 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 That's already Legend. not... I mean, that already sounds bad. We're, they're going to be making a lot of jokes about how, le- how legendarily good or bad it is. Blah, 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 blah. It's Tom... I fucking I hate Tom Cruise. So. Holy shit. Oh my god. Yeah, but this is before he was Tom Cruise. Is there like a sexy unicorn or at least or something in this movie? Oh, there's a lot of unicorn penises in this movie. <laughs> okay, that's that's that, that it smooths <laughs> over a remarkably weirdly lot of things for me when it comes to bad movies. Yeah. Uh, the practical effects I think you'll at least find interesting. Yeah. And it's got Billy Birdie! Are you serious? Yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! God, yes! The only actor in Hollywood shorter than Claude Rains. <laughs> I don't know why I'm slamming. I love Claude Rains. 
<laughs> uh, just just reading on the Wikipedia about how like all the yeah elaborate uh, elevator shoes and stuff they forced uh, poor Claude Rains into for Notorious for such a shitty movie. I feel kind of bad. Oh, I love that man. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, okay. it's we too should bad get he out couldn't save the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. There's always that yeah. was Notorious. That was next notorious. time it's Legend. This time he's muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. Tardypodcast.com for all your tardy needs. Give us a share. Give us a like. Give us a listen. Give us a yeah. fucking. Give us Spread a us give us like peanut butter. <laughs> oh yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, notorious. It's not very good. Don't bother with it. <laughs> should, should that be the header when you post the podcast? We're sorry for doing this episode. The movie is terrible. <laughs> listen, this this <laughs> is the wouldn't... episode. There's nothing wrong with this episode that we're recording, but the movie itself, maybe yeah. we can skip it. We should have had some more off-topic jokes, so this episode could have been more entertaining to people who don't want to. Put no, up we with had plenty of off-topic jokes. <laughs> this is true. You know what? I'm just shocked that we uh, had a movie about uh, Nazis having a dinner party where I didn't make any terrible jokes about what they've got in the oven. So I'm giving myself right here a gold star. <laughs> Right oh here, my a Milo, a Milo Pell, right here. You can't see it because it's I'm, radio. I'm but. gonna give, I'm gonna give you a Berestein Bears sticker that smells like grapes. Yay! I'm with dog. Did it? Now I can direct as good as Hitchcock. <laughs> yep, you did a good job. Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. Yep, that's it for this week. Next time we're gonna watch Legends. So until then, keep filling your holes with pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. So long. Take care, guys.